0: Motorcycle Diaries by Che Guevara, pages 82 to 98. We started this section off discussing the difference between heroics and stupidity. And where we settled this discussion was that the difference between something being heroic and something being deemed stupid often is the result. And in the case of Che, Che is going on this adventure, and a huge part of this adventure is relying on the generosity of the natives, of the people that he's going to meet along the way. And it's really important that we keep in mind this fact that during this time period, the fact that he could kind of assume that there were going to be people to help him along the way is something that we're not sure, as we discussed in class today, was something that could happen today. If a stranger showed up at your house seeking food, water, and shelter, you might tell them to go away. You might make them stay outside and provide some things and some help and some directions. But ultimately, you're probably going to be hesitant. So while this adventure that he's going on is impressive, and many people have done things similar to this. We have to keep in mind that there's a a fine line. He points this out in that opening paragraph on page 82, that there's a difference between heroics and stupidity. In this case, going across the desert without any water, as the policeman said was heroic. There's a line there that he's saying that had they passed away, had they perished in this situation, people would have said, hey, that was really stupid what they did. So it's something to explore. I thought we did a good job in class today discussing this because I do believe that there's something to take away for, for ourselves. All right. We, we see this in sports. We see something that might seem outlandish, some sort of home run type of play that works out and we we deem it a success and heroic where if it didn't work out, the player would have been dogged for it. Okay. So just think about it. The difference between something being stupid and heroic we settled on is the result. As we go to the next phase here, as we talk about page 85 with Valdivia, it was really important that we consider how we want to look at the scope of Valdivia compared to Che. So Valdivia is a Spanish conquistador who comes in and conquers the native population and creates Chile, basically. All right, First founding Santiago and then moving forward. And we dug into the history of this to give ourselves a little bit of perspective. As always with this Motorcycle Diaries, we play the results. We know how and who Che turns out to be. And when he talks about Valdivia and he talks about him being a rare part of our species, a rare breed, someone who is seeking extreme power, limitless control, We have to ask ourselves, is there elements of Valdivia in Che? Now, at the time, as we touched on in class, if Che Guevara just remains a doctor and sets up a practice in Argentina and remains there, we're probably not reading this book. But if we were reading this book as a travel journal or travel novel, and he just was a doctor and that was it, he lived his life, this section might just be something we gloss over and we just sort of consider it in the grand scope of these young men going on an adventure and feeling similar maybe to a conquistador. However, because Che becomes who he becomes, we have to look at it in a larger sense. Valdivia ultimately dies trying to expand his power in Chile in furthering the colonization. Che Guevara dies trying to further a revolution in Bolivia. And there's a similarity there between the journey that both men take. Both men were seeking something and maybe the principles that were driving them might be different. Maybe they're not. That's probably a time to talk about that in a different conversation, but you need to really consider the quote on page 85 and think about why would this connect to Che so much? particularly when he seems to be against colonization and the idea of an outside force or outside influences being present in a local way. Okay, he's very, so it's something to think about. And I, I know this is an English class. I know we're reading this, this text for the sake of the text and we're trying to gain some historical per- perspective. But we, it's something that we have to consider Who Che becomes, is there elements of Valdivia there? And we can talk about that as we read the rest of this novel. The next section I want to discuss and we covered in class was Che Guevara's thoughts on Chile. And we get that section on page 86 and 89 where he tells the reader that I'm not going to go back and revise my opinions, but I am going to provide some clarity of what I was thinking at the time. And he's very harsh on the quality of life in Chile. And I think the thing that we have to really focus on is the comment that basically it's a pay for what you get society. You pay for what you get. If you are poor, you have very few options. If you have some money, some education, some skills, you can make a successful life there. He's incredibly critical of the healthcare system, he's critical of the wages for workers. He's critical of the political system. He's critical of their hygiene. And all of this in his eyes goes back to the financial presence of the United States. And this is one of those parts where because, as I said a couple times already today, and I say it every time we cover this, Che Guevara becomes who he is. He does not like outside influence. And this idea that the United States is heavily influencing The Chilean way of life, and we'll go one step further, they're so poor in parts of this country and so downtrodden that you have to ask yourself, if the United States is providing funding, providing protection in exchange for a variety of ideas, concepts, valuable things, okay, if this is going on, then ultimately what we have to think about is the lives for the people at the bottom and maybe even the middle aren't really improving. So we have to keep that in mind that if everything was going really well for everybody and the United States presence in this country was providing a really positive experience for everyone, I'm not so sure we can say that Che would be leery of the United States and their involvement in this region. But because it seems like the money is staying only in one part and that the bottom is so destitute, then we have to ask ourselves, what is the role of the United States in Latin America? And we can look at this and we'll do some historical research in class. And if the quality of life was not increasing for people outside of the leadership of the Chilean government, then Che does have a point here. Okay, so we tend to look at the United States because of being Americans as a country that, you know, has its best intentions and isn't going into something with ill will. I think that sometimes that's an unfair or unrealistic expectation. And we can't just look at our our actions through patriotic eyes and just say we don't do any wrong. We have to be critical, we have to ask these questions, and we have to also be able to admit mistakes. And it's pointed out in this text that in 1970, the man who was elected to be president of Chile is then thrown over, or overthrown, excuse me, in 1973 by a U.S.-backed coup. And they put the government uh, to be run by the military. So there's a lot of politics here. There's a lot of background that we're not getting. But we do have to understand Che's perspective on foreign influence, particularly the United States and their role in Latin America. The last two points are tied together. and It's on page 93 and 98, really 97, is the defeated race and a society left behind. Are these two different concepts that are very intertwined. Che goes through a small village that he points out is basically looks like something that is pre-Spanish colonization. And these people, he points out, are are not the warrior nation that Chile once produced and battled with the Incas and all this other stuff he points out. But these are people who are defeated. And they are very meek and meager. And then later, on page 97, when speaking with the teacher, he points out that education of native, of the native population. And what we mean by that are people who, their background, their ancestors predate colonization, are being left behind. So what does that mean? What's a defeated race? What is a culture that's being left behind? We have to think about this because I think these ideas are more important to Che and his future involvement in South America and Central America and Latin American politics because he's, these are people who are being left behind because they're, the only way they can generate success is through other people providing those opportunities. I think that's the one thing we covered in class. I thought we did a really good job with this, is that the opportunities cannot be created by the natives themselves. They're completely handcuffed and limited by what is provided for them. And that's what we talk about when we, when we, what we mean and what we talk about this from what is a defeated race and what does a society look like or a culture or a part of a culture look like if time is passing it. It's when it's being pushed aside and it has no control of its own potential, future, or evolution. It's just stuck. And if the people in power or foreign influences or foreign companies choose to go in a different direction, it's just going to eventually die through the national progression of it being weeded out generation after generation. And that's how things disappear. So we're talking about people who are seemingly their way of life is going to disappear because the lack of support, interest, and just wherewithal from the powers that be because they cannot make that level of success for themselves. And this ties in with what is discussed on page 93 and then refocus and more eloquently stated on page 97, 98. Let's continue to evaluate Che Guevara as the man he was when he wrote this book and then always check back in with who he became. And I know that we're not going to do too much history beyond this text once we wrap this up next couple of weeks, but I do want us to really focus on this idea of a man's place in the world and how he sees himself. In this case, we're going to look at Che. And we're really going to try to answer that question. How he sees himself. What was his role moving forward and how heavily was it influenced by what he saw during this journey?